Hey, podcasting friends, welcome back to my club. And today, as we always do here on the show, we'll be covering some podcast news, a member highlight from our, our LinkedIn group, and a listener question. Today, I'm flying solo. This is Benji Block here. And uh, thanks for coming along for the ride. Let's jump into today's news. Now, the first story I wanted to highlight is that Twitter has a new Create Hub for podcasters, and they've rebranded what was uh, the Twitter media site to Twitter Create, and it's a resource hub uh, organized industry to industry, and now podcasters actually have their own section, and there's other, you know, sort of genres in there like sports or music, and so... The idea is that they're going to introduce some new features and then resources will have like tips and, and again, it's like a a place for podcasters to go. They have guides. And and so I thought, Hey, just go check this out. I'm not super active over on Twitter, but I found their guides to be insightful. And I think that having a resource hub is smart, especially when they have, you know, the number of users and who knows what kind of they spring off of that. But go check it out, Twitter's new Create Hub for podcasters. And you can check the link in our show notes so that you can go straight to the story and, and find the, the new hub, Twitter Create. Second story here in the news, something I'm paying attention to, is that podcast listeners tend to rate newer and smaller shows higher. And listeners tend to rate older podcasts lower than newer ones. So the, actually the last part of this story was also intriguing to me, which is that the overall podcast satisfaction kind of seems to be declining, which there could be a number of factors to that. I also think this is directly correlated to the number of shows out there in the world and the fact that there's certain types of shows that are just becoming overdone. And so because the barrier to entry is so low at this point in podcasting, it you could have a lot of shows out there that just don't get ratings. Okay. From this story, um, the study was done by an uh, Raphonic, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they were using specifically Apple podcasts for the study. But let me give you some of their findings here. And again, if you'd like to look at it in more detail, link in the show notes. They found that podcast ratings peaked in 2016, and there's been a steady decline since then. They also note that there has been a rapid influx of new shows that, uh, again, low barriers to entry might be a reason for the lack of rating. I think you could attribute new shows having more ratings to the fact that people over time have learned, Hey, ratings are something that our show needs. So you might go out and actually ask people very, uh, often at the beginning to try to get those ratings up. But I just thought it was interesting that, uh, listeners tend to rate older podcasts lower than new ones. Maybe that has something to do with quality as well over time. And, uh, it was harder to have that, that great quality beforehand. Um, the last few years with, with how podcasting has really taken a step into the future there. Uh, I, I think this one is kind of a no brainer, kind of captain obvious to me, but one of their things they pointed out was there's a, a negative correlation between audience size and average rating. 
And I think that would be obvious because the more audience you have, the more opinions you have, the more reviews of the content you have, and not everyone is going to resonate with it. So uh, third story here in the news, something I'm paying attention to is that it's actually more of an opinion piece, a blog that I read this week. The title of the blog was like announcer announcer reads aren't the future of podcast advertising, even if big companies want you to believe it. And this comes off the heels of the fact that Sirius XM, uh, they had some press releases and there was also IAB. They sponsored like an annual podcasting report and they were really touting announcer uh, red ads as not really being like as being the future as in not the host read, but someone out there that is not at all correlated to the show. You, you know, these services, these all in ones things you can sign up for, and then they'll just place ads in your podcast, which there's a level of convenience there. And if you're trying to monetize, it could be tempting to lean into a service like that. But I really resonated with this opinion piece because the author was taking the side of going, hey, just so you know, for listener experience, those all-in-one ad reads are, are uh, announcer-read ad reads are not resonating with your audience. And I couldn't agree more. I fast forward all of the ads. So uh, I'll read you some of her opinion here and then I'll give you a, a case and example with B2B Growth another show here at Sweetfish that I host kind of our, our, uh, internal show interviewing marketers. But, uh, some of what the author said here, uh, it's not worthwhile to switch from host reads to announcer reads. Lots of services are in my inbox every week, trying to convince me to sign up for an all-in-one hands-off monetization at scale solution. But I know that would strain my audience and break our hard earned trust. At Multitude, we give ads the same amount of preparation and thought that go into the rest of our show. I resonate with that. At B2B Growth, we are approached often uh, for ads on our content. And I actually had a list of 10 that were sent to us uh, last week. And we've asked our ad provider, like when they come to us with potential ads for the show, uh, send them to us. We're not going to just say yes to anything. And we pick ones that we think marketers would be interested in. What would our audience potentially be interested in? And also I do ad reads for the show. And those are the ones that tend to perform higher when we can record them and then we could send them to the service where they can place them where they like. That keeps it convenient to a certain point. It is an extra added step for me to have to do the read itself. But again, you want to, to add value to your audience. You don't want your ads to feel completely removed. And I can give you actually a story because we've been testing this and th- we ran into an issue where some ads kind of got placed that were very broad. It was almost like you're listening to B2B growth and a Burger King ad pops up and it just didn't feel right. It felt so disjointed from the show itself. I'd love your opinion on this. Have you, are you running just ads with this all in one platform or are you thinking about what you want to do with ad reads? I think this is something we all need to be thinking about. And again, like you would with anything in business, put yourself in the shoes of the, the, the person on the receiving end of the content, the listener, right? The consumer. And uh, I think that starts to clarify what our uh, our way forward should be. All right, let's 
end the news segment and head into a member highlight, the show I want to highlight today is The Recognized Authority with Alistair McDermott. Brief description of the show here. Guiding invisible experts on the journey to becoming a recognized authority in your field so you can increase your impact, command higher fees, and work with better clients. Alistair's part of our Mike Club community on LinkedIn, and we're so glad to have him. Actually, just connected with him on LinkedIn uh, yesterday. And what I like about the show I was interested in an episode title is creating your content marketing strategy with Heather Shaven. Again, great quality of content, depth of conversation. Alistair has the perfect voice for a show, entertaining. And uh, again, I'm, I'm in this mode of content creation and looking at content marketing strategies. And so found this episode to be particularly useful. If you're trying to build thought leadership, if you're looking to become a recognized authority in your field, give the recognized authority with Alistair McDermott a listen. And I want to say thanks for being a part of our Mike Club community. All right. To round out the episode, a listener question. And today the question is, what's currently your favorite question to ask a guest? I have a couple thoughts here. My favorite question to ask a guest comes in two different ways. The first is what I would say in a pre-interview, and then I'll give you a question that I would give in an interview itself. We do pre-interviews, which means 20 to 30 minute call to really lock in a topic and a, a point of view for our recording. And also it's a great time to get to know your guest. If you're not doing that, it's a some extra time on your calendar, but it will make your shows run significantly smoother because you're not just meeting this person and all of a sudden you're doing this piece of content together. So in a pre-interview, I like to talk quite a bit about their passion. I want to tap into their, their passion. And so I may lead in even before we drill down on any questions, just go, what are you passionate about in your job right now? And then it's all about the follow-up questions. So I interrupt and I say, hey, what you just said is interesting. Like go down the rabbit trail for me. And I find so much comes out when you're just giving someone the space to talk about what they're passionate about. And you can hone in even if you know a certain part of their job that you think would be valuable to your audience to talk about. What are you passionate about? Fill in the blank. Give them a more direct than just broad scale your job uh, question. Okay, second thing would be in an interview, what's my favorite question to ask? And I think on this one, what I'd have to say is I like having someone break it down simply. So what that means is um, I might ask if you were starting this over again from scratch in a new company, in a new organization, where would you start? When I ask a question like that, it makes someone have to think more simply and get out of the context that they're currently in. Sometimes we think what we've learned like, or what we're doing in our organization, it just kind of, you know, it would work somewhere else. And so to, a, to good, just go, okay, so if I drop you in another organization, let's say they're a couple steps behind or they haven't started this function yet, where would you begin? What would you do first? I think that question 
prompts a lot internally. And then again, because I'm such a big advocate of follow-up questions, even if you have an outline, like allow yourself to be in the conversation enough to be curious, that can lead to uh, some great hows for your audience. How am I going to apply this content? What's the mindset shift that I'm going to take on because of this? Where would I start because I'm not where they currently are? And uh, that becomes a great prompter. All right. That is our listener question. What currently is your favorite question to ask a guest? I'd love to hear from you. What is that question that you ask that you enjoy right now? And I tend to, I, I, I notice that the, those questions shift for me and change maybe every couple months because then you get sick of a question, but I'd love to know uh, the question that you're liking right now. Maybe you rinse, r- repeat it because you like it so much. Anyway, thanks for listening to today's episode of Mike Club. And as always, stay engaged over on LinkedIn. If you have a question or something that you enjoyed from this episode, feel free to reach out to me, Benji Block, over there. Always love connecting with our listeners. Have a great week, everybody. 